Good morning, Vicky. How are you? Good morning, Helen. <laughs> Thank you for joining me on my podcast this morning. I hope you're feeling all right. I am. I'm not too bad. I feel better that I'm not having to travel in this horrible weather. That's I know. lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> Who could believe the snow last night? <laughs> Just came out of nowhere, the biggest flakes I think I've ever seen. <laughs> So we'll just get to the nitty gritty. So you joined me this morning um, to discuss good practice in digital and blended learning. I've got some questions for you. I'm really, really looking forward to sort of hearing your your thoughts, your comments, your input, your ideas, and generally what's been happening for you, uh, for you as a lecturer uh, and for yourselves in the health and social care department at Hotwood Hall College. So if you're all right to crack on, I'll just dive in with the questions. Absolutely. Go for it, Helen. So I'm just going to start off with, um, have you have you been delivering virtual live sessions? Yes. Um, majority of sessions uh, are virtual uh, that we do currently. We find particularly um, new to the college students benefit from that. And, you know, given that the cohort we've got this year had lockdown as well in their GCSE years, uh, yeah. it's just really important to think to keep that contact for both, not just for learning, but for mental health as well. So, Absolutely. Yeah, I would say now at least 90% is virtual. Right, that's interesting. Um, so alongside sort of your virtual sessions, has there been any prep and arranging of, of a more of a blended learning model so, so maybe not, you know, live sessions mixed up with um, different blended learning assignments. Yeah, there is an element to that. And I think I think the important thing this time around, we've got a bit more time to take stock of what worked and what didn't last time around. Yeah. And um, a bit more time, I suppose, once you've been through it once, you've a bit more yeah. experience of sort of what's working, what's not, what was important. Yeah. And, and really, it's a different approach for each group you have and definitely different across the levels as well. Yeah. I know what uh, level one in health and social care are finding is really working well this time. And it wasn't something that was done the last time around, um, is that they've prepared work packs, which is the same as um, the previous lockdown. And that's yeah. all gone home. But they run a, a virtual session alongside the work pack. So it's ensuring the learners have got something really structured and focused to be yeah. completing while the lesson's happening. Um, and although engagement was quite challenging with level ones last time, it's been really, really positive this time. And I think it's that combination of the contact and quite a good deal of structure, but support as well whilst they're completing the tasks. So that's been really important. Um, and it, it's yeah. it's been quite a, a good win, I think, for the level one tutors, for Michelle and Kim, because, um, you know, level ones, there's a lot of confidence issues often comes with level ones. And mm -hmm. so, you know, to find a way to overcome that and to be getting the the really good engagement they're getting and the work that they're getting is I think it's a really good achievement but it just shows that taking a bit of time to think things through and make it relevant to your own learner group is is key um for level twos for my level yeah. two, certainly I teach most of level twos at Rochdale site and and a group at mid um, yeah. Again, we've got a lot of these that have gone through last year without any teaching input, really, because they were GCSE years. 
And yeah. Start of the year, we had them in um, blended groups. So they'd have a task at home um, and some virtual. And it was a bit hit and miss, really. But you can understand a rusty start with that group because Indeed. we've been out of engagement so long. Um, so this time around, it's been a case of, right, what do we actually really need to do with them? What do we need to think about in terms of what worked and what didn't? Now, we, obviously, you've got your tech issues that you can't sort of yeah. uh, get away from. It just happens. But we were kind of prepared from it because we'd had conversations or enrolment about who had tech, who didn't have tech. There's been the anomalies, yeah. you know, the ones that have just appeared since we've gone to lockdown. But yeah. that preparation meant that we knew already who who might need that equipment and things like that. So yeah. for most of my lessons, I have a virtual. Um, yeah. And they are at points now where they're doing assignments. So even if uh, part of that is that they're going to get on and start assignments, I stay on Zoom. So I mute. And it just as if I was in the classroom when they're doing a task, you're still there to give that assistance. Uh, yeah. And, you know, it comes with a certain amount of trust anyway, does learning like this. So you've got to trust that the learners are doing it. And I'm not one that insists on cameras all the time because I'm well aware yeah. that some students don't feel comfortable on camera. I don't like mm -hmm. it in particular. I'm sick of looking at <laughs> your face. <laughs> but, um, so they don't always like camera and you've got to be aware of home circumstances. Not everybody's got a quiet space to work in. Not everybody has a room of their own. Um, yeah. You know, you've got to be conscious of those things. So I don't force cameras. But what I do do is even though the names pop up when they're coming into the Zoom. Yeah. I still do a register, which yeah. means that I can get a response from them at the beginning to know that they're there. Yeah. Um, and more importantly than ever, varying your questioning, I think, is important in that to keep people, um, you know, chatting and to keep people engaged. But yeah. We've started to use the Zoom rooms as well for group work, which the group work has been something that we've been missing, I think, both as teachers and yeah. students. So they've worked quite well. They quite like it um, that, you know, I popped in and out of three or four yesterday and they were working yeah. on a case study and they had questions to answer. And there was some really lovely conversation going on, uh, you know, real problems Brilliant. type conversation. Yeah. So that was really good. Yeah. And I took yeah. a bit of feedback. You know, we, we're new to doing this. So I'm taking feedback from groups over what did they think about it. The, that's brilliant yeah the only challenge with that is that one or two that don't have microphone function on their devices all ah, right so they're having to type in the chat um so that sort of that's something you need to perhaps work around a little bit yeah um but then level three our year two level three in particular obviously they've been here done that before got the t-shirt <laughs> they have <laughs> um and i think for them to be honest, although some need a little bit more than others, I think the blended approach is really good for them. And the reason I say that is because by now, you know, the year twos seem to just morph into these young adults as they get to year two. Yeah. And so I think it's right we treat them that way and trust them. Indeed. And they send in work and they keep in touch and they communicate off their own back. They don't need as much in terms of study skills support, which is what the mm -hmm. Zoom gives, um, you know, for the others. Yeah. So a mix of, you know, a short Zoom, 
a chat, a check-in, health, whatever, uh, just a chat sometimes. And then, you know, currently my group at Middleton are doing research methods, which lends itself to blended by nature. Mm -hmm. Um, But obviously they're new to research, so they still need the contact. So Zoom's available and we pretty much have conversation and say, right, okay, what point are you all up to? Do you want a Zoom this week to have a chat through some of these um, bits you're going to be working on? Do you feel quite happy? You know, we, we have that conversation. We might just go on for 15, 20 minutes and have a Q&A about their research pieces um, and what yeah. they're doing. But they, I think it's perfect in a way for them because what it's done is it's fine-tuned some of their independent study skills. And these are yeah. skills they're going to need next year at uni. So absolutely, in a sense, they're, the resilience they've built and that ability to work independently, they're going to find university much easier for that reason, I think. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. So, it's a good point. So it's not that we don't use Zooms. We do, obviously, some of them are starting new units. So we're just doing applied psychology now and we have full Zooms for that. It's a new unit. You know, we've got full Zooms going on. But I yeah. would say for, for some of their lessons, blended is certainly um, a good approach for that indeed so it sounds like you've sort of there's there's varying approaches for the different levels to make sure you're sort of meeting the needs of those learners and where they're at in the courses themselves and sort of just addressing sort of bits and bobs of individual needs there as well uh, you mentioned about using zoom and the breakout rooms in zoom yeah. which is amazing that you can sort of recreate that group work um in a virtual um in a virtual world is there any is there any other like teaching tools or bits of tech or anything like that you've been using that you'd like to share with any of your groups or anybody else in the department telling you that they're using something in particular well we we've we've been trialing a bit of um neopod as well um, you know, uh-huh. you know to keep the sort of interaction up. Yeah, um, it it takes yeah. a bit of doing it this way. It's obviously a little bit different because you're obviously getting them logging into Zooms and to log into Nearpod. Um, it works. Yeah. it takes a bit more preparation. Um, yeah, Debbie and our team has been away and sort of tweaked a couple of our lessons that were already sort of sat there. I think when we've prepped lessons this year, we've almost prepped in mind to be able to adjust them a lot quicker than last time around as well yeah in terms of how the activities are set up because we weren't able to do the group work stuff in college either so actually what yeah, remote learning has given us is that ability to do group work again which that is a gift in a way because you know learning happens a lot i think from each other in those types Indeed. of settings so the near pod yeah. yeah we've done some you know sort of interactive stuff uh, where they can use the post-its and pop on the board, you know, when you're sort of having a, a start to a session, think about all the yeah. things associated with this subject you know, so you get into grips with yeah. what the learners know already. Yeah. Quite good, that one, I find, because we've got some students that come from school with already some health and social care knowledge. So yeah, of course, you're aware yeah. then that, that, you know, across your classroom, sort of where where everybody's sort of pitching up, so that's something we're starting to try and use a little bit more. Um, it's it's in its. Uh, I did use it last lockdown in one or two sessions, but I was quite new to it as well then, and I have used yeah. it in class. So I think we're starting to just have a look at the wider range of things on Nearpod. But certainly for collaboration, yeah. um, there's some brilliant um, t- 
tools and ideas on there for you know bringing together that collaboration and making sure you've got that engagement because yeah. I'm sure there are uh, a million and one teachers out there that say good morning and there's a tumbleweed that goes across the um across the screen <laughs> so to ensure that input to ensure that engagement bringing those things in where sort of every 10 to 15 minutes there's something the students have to do proactively yeah keeps that up so I think it's brilliant for things like that yeah and it's showing that like you was mentioning before about the cameras on and cameras off and sort of trusting that they're there it's sort of a way to keep people active on the session as well then that you sort of like not worrying what people are doing you knowing that they know that something's coming up where they're going to have to have that input themselves so it keeps them engaged in the session so it's a great way to do that um just sort of sort of moving on a little bit from that and again there might not really be anything you might feel like what you're doing is has been good across the board Uh, but is there anything that you feel like hasn't worked very well for sort of health and social care in general or on a particular level um i think in the early stages some of the Mm -hmm. the blended for the level twos just coming from school yeah that maybe didn't work so well and I think mm-hmm. there were a couple of reasons for that. I think one, it's like I said, we, we you know, talking about this switch on after being out of education from March, because most GCC students yeah. missed that revision contact time, didn't they, in class. So it wasn't new yeah. teaching they needed. It was revision time. And so they kind of had yeah. a long time not with any structure. Um, mm-hmm. And not only that, they're then new students to the college, new students to BTEC. Um, VTEC yeah. expectations, new students to, you know, sort of the subject in some cases, it's learning, all of those things were all very yeah. new. So I think um, we noticed pretty early on that that was not really sort of very effective. It better mm-hmm. in some groups than others, but, yeah. you know, sometimes like we've got level two groups where there are, there's a lot of them that have come up from level one. And mm-hmm. we've got additional needs as well in some of the groups. So yeah, when you take those things into account and the step up to level two being quite a big step in terms of what's expected mm-hmm. for work, they're yeah. not yet understanding that sort of step up or how that should look or what they should put together. Yeah. So that, yeah. that really wasn't enough guidance, I think. But we, we picked that up quite early on. Um you know, yeah. and, and put the zooms in and things like that to work at those yeah. tasks to improve. But it's, in in a way, it's sort of good that you're sort of having these learning points and things are picked up quickly, and you can change and adapt to 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 improve the student experience. So obviously, anything sort of that's even remotely negative can always be turned around into like an opportunity for learning and developing for yourself, for the rest of the staff, for the department and the college and obviously things we have to offer up uh, more widely to to other colleges uh, and other teachers so thank you for being honest about that that's really really useful um sorry go on, <laughs> go on <Vicky. laughs> um, just sort of moving on um to an area where it's sort of interesting how teachers have been doing this or how teachers have been working with other support staff within the college.
but you can you think of any ways where you've been giving individualized feedback and support during live sessions to individuals or groups of learners and what support have you had from the sort of learning support assistants who are with individual students who who usually would be with individual students in classes or sort of other wider support people like our progress tutors and our att attendance officers yeah. Um, I'll start with learning support first. So I've yeah. got one particular group where I have um, learning support in for a few students and a yeah. student who needs um, BSL in class. Mm -hmm. So right from the off, the first thing um, on the, the day we knew that the next day would be, you know, online learning was... Yeah. I sent, sent out an email to those members of staff and to Becky mm -hmm. uh, at uh, Learning Support and really asked okay. for their advice on those students in particular because they've got more detailed understanding of their needs, obviously working mm -hmm. up with them on a one-to-one -one mm -hmm. basis. So yeah. that, that was the first thing. And because obviously there's other tutors within our team that um, also teach those students, Rather than messages going backwards and forwards, like amongst the group, I just asked that yeah. I just said, well, I'll share with you anything that we sort of discover is working or not working. Yeah. And we constantly have conversation. So sometimes both um, the, the sign language, Leah, who does sign language and Shaz, who is the learning support, um, yeah. are sent the links to every zoom they're sent the lessons in advance yeah. uh, and yeah. we have a conversation end of sessions and i just sort of when when everybody else has gone off zoom i'll just say right okay and what they usually do is they go off and have a one-to-one -one with the learner just very briefly after just to check in and see yeah. you know sort of how they're doing what we are looking at doing is we're just trying to find some way of bringing up um closed caption or subtitles if you will on some of yeah. the, the tech there are a few uh, I know uh, Kim spoke to you about this I think the other day but some, yeah. some tools better than others I mean obviously we can put it straight on YouTube so it's you know remembering that when you're with that group you need to put the subtitles if you're playing a video and making sure you're yeah. aware of that in those sessions so that it is still inclusive now, to press, mm -hmm. the feedback from those students um, is that they're doing fine. They're keeping up to date, okay. they're getting work. And I think the important thing has been the constant communication and conversation between ourselves, the learning support and the learner, just to see what else is that we can mm -hmm. do. Uh, so for the time being, what's happening is, is working quite well. Now, the, a couple of the students have ECHPs and are, you know, given the option to come into college, but they're feeling that they're coping. So that's a positive, really, that they're managing under what's happening yeah. currently. Uh, as for the progress tutors and the Rios, I think the big difference for me this time round, and I'm sure the rest of the staff would agree, is... Yeah, so you're talking about the difference because the college had the restructure of the support staff yes. roles. Yeah, so previously yeah. we were obviously age tutors and we did, um, you know, the teaching and we did the tutorial role. So in lockdown last time, whether it was an IT issue, whether it was, you know, engagement issue, as staff you were trying to manage mm -hmm. that as well. 
and it it was yeah. a challenge it was a challenge i think on two levels one that obviously we were new to this two that um it's just a lot when you're preparing lessons differently and you're trying to think about that engagement and you're trying to think about individual and specific needs and then you've got mm-hmm. um sort of keeping track of of all of that as well it, it is quite a challenge it's a lot of balls to have in the air all at once so this time yeah. around we've obviously got progress tutors and we've got rios um and we've got pwo so we've kind of got extra um you know helping hands really for this now yeah. so what i've found is where we've had maybe some students that might not be engaging as much as others literally yeah. as soon as you report an absence um and usually we report an absence and support this with a pro monitor and between the rios and the progress yeah. tutors they're sort of discussing who'll pick what up um and mm-hmm. usually that has an impact within the same day so for instance i have i have a couple of days where i teach the same group morning and then afternoon yeah and if i've had a few faces not there in the morning and generally the ones we might see later into class you know uh, need a bit of time management yeah. practice but usually they're there by the afternoon so they're not missing so much and those conversations are happening with the progress tutors and the individuals to motivate mm-hmm. them to get them on track and it's happening in that moment so it's not you know sort of taking you know if you're teaching you're doing it around your lessons and trying to get get them on the phone and you can't always do that till the end of the day and by the time you've done that they've missed the whole day so it's really keeping a hold of that and it's keeping that communication and that support paramount really you know the, the team is really good at communicating and i know that if i just say to julie look i'm concerned welfare wise about an individual she's on it that day and you know similarly if it's if it's just um you know missed a few zooms then then lauren might ring them and say uh, or elise might ring them you know and just sort of say you know are you managing okay is everything okay with tech sometimes it's that they've been locked out um and instead of reporting it they go back to sleep (laughs) so the phone call gets them out of bed you know and gets them uh, reset and logged back on so I think that's been really, really yeah. effective. I think that communication has been so that, a really positive thing. Yeah. So that's brilliant to hear that that wider support network. It, it sounds like while while the while the lecturers and the tutors are actually doing the teaching, the support staff, the tutorial tutors, which are the progress tutors, the rios, the who are the attendance officers, and the PWOs who are the pastoral welfare officers, a beaver and away in the background, giving that much needed support, leaving you more free to do your, to do yeah. what you do. And, and I think that's why it's given sense. us a bit more freedom to sort of trial things as well. Um, because you, you, yeah. you literally, I mean, I think we work more hours than we ever did when we're working remotely because it's so easy yeah. to, um, you know, sort of continue on till six and start earlier because you're at home and you've not got the commute. But, but yeah. sometimes that's needed. But, you know, now we, we, we're getting to the point where we're all feeling a bit more comfortable with it and it's giving yeah. the opportunity. Plus, it's a really good team for being supportive. So if somebody tries something and it works really well, mm-hmm. you know, it's a good team for sharing that and saying... If you want me to show yeah. you how it works, I'll help you. You know, we'll go on a Zoom, we'll help. Yeah. So it does give time for those sorts of things. 
and it gives time for us to have the conversations right okay what are you doing with your group about this because I'm following up with this and sort of trying to you know keep that going so we know what's happening elsewhere as well which you take for granted when you're in college but it is very important when you're working like this as well really yeah the sharing the good practice the just that just them professional discussions and sort of having the opportunity to do that and sort of really sort of again going back to like your role as the lecturer really trying to like hone in on certain systems and skills to really make that learning experience in your virtual classroom or in your blended sort of delivery making that the best that you can make it so so positive so so great to hear that um we'll just crack on a little bit from the uh so a, a couple of these sort of questions sort of towards the end of our podcast now from a rate just just around you know from the arrangements put in place from september 2020 and then from january 21 and things changed again so you're you're a recently qualified <laughs> teacher so you know how do you feel like that's impacted on your role and sort of how you have dealt with being um, a teacher i i won't lie to you um, I, I started in August 2019, so I had my, you know, obviously first few months um, up to March um, teaching, as I expected to teach. And then, and then, well, you know, it's all gone peak tongue, as they say, in that sense. So, so I, yeah, I'm, I'm newly qualified to teach in, you know, at the, I had this, um, this wise wise thought at 44 that I would you know change career from healthcare management and public health and health improvement to go into healthcare probably quite appropriate that we're in a pandemic and that links nicely with um, healthcare management and public health at the minute so um, yeah so I, I came into teaching and obviously I have my I, I've been a bit more fortunate than the newly qualifieds that have joined us this September in that I had that sort of run up to um you know, teaching at home in March. But then obviously we were working like this and I'd never done a full year. So I think the things that I found challenging in that first sort of lockdown because of being new was, was, you know, navigating systems, knowing what happens at different points of year, you know, like endpoint assessment and completing students and, and the processes and when that should be happening all completely new and of course you're working at home and yeah. so you, you're sort of like oh wow you know it, it can feel a little bit overwhelming and I think let's not forget that although everybody now you know zoom is like it must be one of the most common words used in the dictionary at the minute <laughs> I was new to I'd never used zoom before that um I, I'd never needed yeah. to you know I first time but I'd never no. used Zoom, I'd never used Teams. So you're learning that as well. And it's, you know, I think that sometimes gets forgotten a little bit, that you, you've got to learn all these new sort of mm. um, platforms for, for virtual learning at the same time as teaching the students to learn how to use them as well. So that was a yeah. challenge. And yeah. I did feel the first time round as well, because the progress tutors and the Rios, you know, the structure being differently, I spent a lot of time sifting through screenshots and helping people reset passwords and log on um all that sort of it stuff and then obviously we're back here again so i think for me i may have done as many hours now teaching remotely as i've maybe done in a classroom (laughs) or almost 
So this yeah. is becoming, um, <laughs> you know, quite the norm, really. But I guess yeah. what you do miss like this is that you're not with the team. So those things that crop up and you can just ask across the staff room, it doesn't happen yeah. the same. You've got to really make a conscious effort to, you know, set some time aside for those questions. Uh, so yeah yeah i i've had my moments where i thought what am i doing you know what am i doing mm -hmm. but in all fairness i don't think necessarily if i'd have still been in my career in the nhs and public health and health improvement my role would have been any easier in that area at the moment either no. so um yeah no. so i mean to be honest you've got to see the positives in some of these things so i mean i think when you learn when you're learning your trade and you're a newly qualified teacher one of the things you're developing mostly is your class management isn't it that's something that is the yeah, thing that you start indeed. to um you know realize quickly that you need to get some good strategies on and the one thing that zoom brings is the the mute all possibility <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah no, you, you can't, can't do, do that, that in a real, real room. room. I mean, you know, so so let's not, you know, let's be honest. It does have some possibilities and some uh, positives, but you know, in all fairness, um, just to think about that, really, giving an example from last year, I had a group last year who were uh, a very lively group. So classroom management. I think any skills uh -huh. I've got now on class management, that group taught me those those skills, and they were a lovely group. Yeah, but very very. Um, very lively, very bubbly, very opinionated. So, you know, a lot a lot yeah. went on within that group. And strangely enough, when we went into lockdown, although they might have been one of my biggest challenges in my first year as a group, they were the group that stepped up and said, can we have a Zoom? You know, if I hadn't planned one, can we have a Zoom? And they wanted to get yeah. together, to just see each other, to chat, um, and to ask questions about the work they've been doing. And that was miraculous yeah. compared to, you know, the fact that they were so focused. They couldn't distract each other. So I suppose that was a bonus. Um, but, yeah. but it just shows, you know, <laughs> that I have learned that the groups, you know, most of our students do want to learn and do want to get through this. And a lot of this, a lot of the issues we might have are yeah. around confidence. And I think... I've learned a heck of a lot both with having a mix of working at home and working in college in terms of what is really important yeah. in terms of getting learners switched on and motivated. And I think both in the classroom yeah. for me and both remotely, what doesn't change is that if you've got a good rapport with the students and if that means giving them 10 minutes to chat, yeah. to touch base, to just whatever, look, this is my cat, you know, sort of go with it because... <laughs> Uh, that relationship is, I think, what keeps you moving forward with the learning. So I think I think that's been the biggest yeah. lesson for me since qualifying. Um, it's been a bumpy ride. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sounds like it's been a bit of a roller coaster, but so much goodness has come out of it, and so much learning for you as an individual teacher who's fairly recently qualified. So, Vicky, you've been amazing. <laughs> you too, Helen. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you so much to, for answering all my questions. I'm sure that all of your juice that you've just given out 
in this podcast that there'll be many people who will take on board and learn lessons from you and, and you know and, and just just really sort of accept and acknowledge what's going on for you and what's going on for health and social care at Hotwood Hall College so I'm thank you very much for joining me this morning I really appreciate it and I wish you all the very very best in the next few months <laughs> who know. knows what's going to happen well we'll, well, we'll, see. well I am moving house <laughs> in two weeks so that's another challenge in lockdown so we'll, wow. well, yeah it definitely is what will what will happen <laughs> wow <laughs> good luck with that as well Lovely to chat to you. Take, care. take care of yourself Bye-bye. yeah I'll see you soon bye bye, bye. So there you have it, some insights into the digital, virtual and blended learning practice from the perspective of Vicky, one of our health and social care lecturers, teaching across the levels in the health and social care department. What great work that's going on over there.